Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What's up? Good to see everybody today. Oh, y'all didn't get the memo. It was prom night at Cowboy Junction. No, it's not. Welcome. Well, I'm glad you're here. I know this may seem weird to just get through praying for Ukraine, and then your pastor comes out looking like Pee Wee Herman. But um, no, listen, I, uh, I'm here for a reason. And tonight, I would like to just remind you that last week we started something really cool. We talked about Sabbath, and we're not continuing, or continuing talking about Sabbath. We are, however, talking about the last thing that I mentioned on last week's message. Sabbath, a 24-hour day in which we focus on worship, the presence of God, inviting Him to our life. I asked a question at the beginning of last week's message. I said, who would like to have the presence of God in their life? Who would like to hear from God? Who would like to? And, and we all agreed, yes. And I said, tonight's message is going to do that in your life. And it's nothing more than resting. But then I said at the end, Sabbath to the world looks weird. To working people, it looks weird. In fact, I made a statement. Uh, I had a pastor friend of mine that said, listen, the devil doesn't rest and neither do I. And um, the reality is, is that when did we ever make him our role model? When did we ever look at him as the way we should live our life? And the reality is, is that for us to get out of our mentality of how we think life should be lived is going to make us look weird to a lot of people. And so we're going off of last week's message with this new series called Weird. And we're going to be looking at what does it mean to follow Jesus in a weird way. But in particular, we're going to be taking a look at the most famous sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus's three-chapter found in the Bible sermon that he couldn't wait to preach. For the next four weeks, starting next week, this is the introductory message because I want to really set our heart right for what we're about to learn in the next four weeks. This Sermon on the Mount is the manifesto of Jesus, okay? And I'm very excited. But let me tell you that I, I, I really realize that I look a little weird up here. And there's a reason why I'm starting this message off like this. 
To get there, let me tell you my experience with normal and weird. From a young age, I have done everything I could to be normal. In fact, I'd like to say this. I was driven my whole life as a young man to be normal. And you may say, Ty, I remember when you were, your, when you were younger and um, you were anything but normal. And, but I want you to think for a minute. I was probably abnormal, but I was as normal as anybody else living their life in Artesia, New Mexico. I was so proud of myself that I was living the best normal life, maybe even more normal than most people. I was so thrilled, the fact that I was leading the way in the normal behavior found in the community that I was growing up in. But if you were to turn to me and say, Ty, you are so weird, that would have offended me because I didn't want to be weird. I wanted to be normal. I wanted to be, I wanted to be the best normal I could be. I wanted people to go, you know what? That's normal. That's the, I wish I could do life like he did. That's, that's the way to do it. And if you would have called me weird, I would have been completely insulted, mad, and probably would have bowed up to you. Normal, though, as I began to grow up, I began to notice that normal was hurting my life more than any other thing in my life. Come on, you got you to think about this. Normal was causing all the pain. Normal was causing all the regrets. I was just like everybody else, making decisions like everybody else. To all my friends, it's just like, dude, it's okay. This is, hey, listen, it's okay. Everybody does it this way. Everybody's like this. Everybody's got those regrets. Hey, listen, it's worth it. This is okay. Hey, listen, we all, we've all done it like this before. And this was the normal behavior. And one night I just sat there and thought, normal is messing my life up. All these regrets, all these hurt, all this pain, Normal is hurting my life. In fact, there's some really gold men that I would go to at 17, 18 years old and go, hey, what's the secret to life? And they, from their normal behavior, would go, kiddo, listen, you, you got to do it like this. You got to do it like this. You gotta do it. And they were experts in normal. And I even did it how the experts were doing it. And it only messed my life up more. Right. Come on, I want you to think about this. So for everybody in the room that you're, you're like, well, this is my, this is my dad did it, or my grandpa did it, this is how everybody did it. Do you not see the mistakes that came from it? And then I met Jesus. From a young age, I always thought I knew him. I was born in church, raised in church. And I had this mentality that, well, hey, listen, I'm a normal Christian. And that was the problem. I was a normal Christian. And those two things don't go together. And the moment that I looked and studied what we're about to take a look at, Jesus' manifesto, the Sermon on the Mount, I realized that Jesus wasn't normal. To the world, he was weird. And weird changed my life. I'm talking weird in the form of that when I started to really look at what it meant to be a Christ follower, not a normal Christian, but a Christ follower, 
it changed me. And it caused me to ask a question. Ty Bean, do you want to be a normal Christian? Or are you ready to get weird? Because to the world, let me just tell you, to the world, normal people, following Jesus looks weird. This is why this message is so important to me. It's the story that I'd like to tell to the high school kids. As you guys mean a lot to me because we were all once high schoolers at some point. Um, Some of us graduated, some of us didn't, okay? But we were all at your age. And can I turn to you and tell you, for all the high school kids in the room, you will look weird following Jesus. But it is only weird because the world's normal will look and say, well, that's different. I've never seen it done like that before. And you will end up being exactly what Jesus said you would be, a light in a dark place. We don't need more normal. In fact, Monday night, can I turn to you and say, we don't need more normal Christians. We don't need, we don't need crazy Christians, okay? Because this is the point to where everybody's like, wait, are you telling us we're going to get freaky at Cowboy Junction? Easy. I'm not talking about those crazy Christians that even on their hyper-spiritualness think they're doing God a favor, but yet in their personal life, they have no light whatsoever because all they are are as emotional servants of themselves. And I'm talking about what does it look like if we were to follow Jesus and it looked completely different than the normal that this world. For all our college kids, this message is about looking weird when the world looks so normal. And your weird with Jesus is exactly where he wants you to be. So for all the adults, you're going to catch on too, that maybe we've bought into this normal mentality. But what does Jesus say? And for the next four weeks, we're going to cover three chapters. Now, I had a lot of fun this morning at CrossFit. Went to CrossFit. My CrossFit buddies were here yesterday at church. And we went in. And, and the first thing that I heard when I walked in, they said, Pee-wee! I said, hey, it's not funny anymore. Don't, don't do it. And, and, and we walked in. And we were all stretching. And every one of them was talking about, that was here yesterday, just began to talk about I went home and I read those three chapters. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Blew me away that we, we were talking about this this morning. Then we began to talk about how... It's just different. I didn't understand it. They begin to say, I read three chapters, but I didn't get most of it. And you may not get it either, but can I turn to you and say, it's not for your brain to figure out. It's for Jesus and the Holy Spirit to explain it to your heart. And you begin to find that you take on this transformation. So for what we're going to do at Cowboy Giants for the next four weeks is unpack these three chapters, this manifesto of Jesus, where Jesus turns to us and talks to us the very thing that I think is so important to realize, the Sermon on the Mount is about why Jesus came and what we have to understand of what he came for, what he came to tell us to do. And basically what he's saying, if you ever want to look for me, you're going to find me here. So this is so, so important. Now, you may take a look at me and go, okay, well, what does this have to do with the tuxedo? Well, let me tell you. Every now and then, I get hired to do weddings. Now, by the way, I get hired, which means I get paid. That's a good idea. Just throwing it out there, okay? I'm joking. That's just not funny. And so I, in the hundreds and hundreds of weddings that I've done, 
I have only done about a handful that have required a tuxedo. Normally, the folks that I do uh, weddings for are the kind of folks that are just, I like doing weddings for blue jeans, white shirt, and a cowboy hat, maybe a jacket. But every now and then, I, I, I have to rent a tuxedo. On one of these days, I, I had rented a tuxedo, was heading to the venue where I was going to, to, to do the wedding for the couple that were getting married. And, and this is an exciting day. I love doing weddings. I'm very honored to get to do weddings. It is a celebration. It's so much fun. But here I was jumping in my truck, my big F-350 diesel four-wheel drive. I want to make sure I throw that in there as I look like this today. And I'm driving off our property, and I hear the ding in which I look down to see that I am out of diesel. So I'm going to have to get to the filling station. And where in Lee County, New Mexico, do you fill up? My favorite place, Allsup's. Friday, I needed a little comfort food. I guess it was Thursday, I needed a little comfort food. So I jumped in the truck and I went and guess, guess what I bought? What comfort food do you think of? Some people have In-N-Out. Some people have Blake's Lauder Burger. But here in Lee County, we have Allsup's Fried Burrito with taco sauce, Mountain Dew, and peanut butter cups. That's, that's a meal right there. I hadn't done that in years, and my gut paid for it, but it was worth it completely. So here I am. I'm driving. I'm driving, and I pull into Allsup's, and I get out, and I look just like this. Slide the credit card, take out the, the pump, slide it into the truck, and I start filling up. And as I look around, people are looking at me. I'm at Allsup's. But I don't look like I'm supposed to be at Allsup's. And I'm filling up my tank, and guys are walking into Allsup's, and they look over, and they look over again. And they, I'm, I, I, I don't look like the typical Allsup's customer. Um, roustabout guys are pulling in. Oil-filled guys are pulling in, and I hear, <laughs> thanks, thanks. They're all laughing. I hear little kids go, Mom, Mom, Mom. I just look like this isn't what you're supposed to look like when you go to Awesome. Now, I'm there because I need diesel, but I don't look like I'm supposed to be at Awesome. Can you agree? Can you see what I'm saying? But the secret of this story it's okay. I'm not dressed for where I'm at. I'm dressed for where I'm going. And when I fill my truck up, jump in, drive to the venue, and I pull inside, and there's big white balloons, and there's big white flowers, and there's a beautiful bride in her beautiful gown, and a handsome groom, and I am officiating this wedding service. Everybody takes a look at how I'm dressed, and they go, Oh, but I don't look like I should be at Allsup's. I look like where I'm heading. And this is the story of the Sermon on the Mount. This is the story of Jesus saying, normal, normal will look at you weird. The world and its normal will look at you weird, but you're not doing this for where you're at. You're doing this for where I'm at. And when you see me and you see how I'm asking you to do things, people will see it too and you will look different 
than everybody else. In fact, let's just jump into the Sermon on the Mount. This is, all I'm doing today is setting the stage. And I'm getting our hearts ready, almost like John the Baptist did before Jesus. As he said, prepare the way of the Lord. And I would turn to you and say, prepare your hearts for the next four weeks because we're going to get weird. But I want to take a closer look in the very last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says these words. He says, Matthew chapter 7 verse 13, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. What is Jesus talking about here? For some of you, you already know. For others of you who don't know what the Sermon on the Mount is or what Jesus is saying, or maybe you don't even know who Jesus is, Jesus is pointing in a picture that there are only two choices in life. Those who choose me and those who don't. And he's choosing for us today a path that we get to choose whether we take or not. And he gives this warning and he says, in the paths, they're not the same. In fact, one of the paths, the normal path, it's wide and many people are taking it. It's flashy. It's a gate that many people can fit in and many people can carry a lot of things in. But this path that everybody says, just come with us, just come with us, is only going to lead to destruction. Okay, And many people are taking this path. The crowd is normal. And I just want to just tell you, there are many people living right now on a path and a road to destruction. Their actions only leads to death. Their actions only lead to destruction. Their actions only lead to pain they're going to experience Someday. But Jesus says this. He says in Romans, just write, oh, excuse me, in, in Matthew chapter 14, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Normal people are going to think you're weird. But you're right where life exists. And it's so important. It's so important for us to stop and think and realize that uncomfortable is actually the beginning of faith growth. So for everybody in the room, that you would be here and you'd go, man, I don't know. It just seems hard to follow Jesus. It's, it's not hard. It's just not normal. It's not hard. It's just not normal. Think of the last thing you did that was hard. And think of the thing that you did that you were like, well, it wasn't really hard. It was just I'd never done it before. Oh. Oh, see? Remember when you rode a bike for the first time? And you got on and you were terrified. You were scared. You were scared of all the ways you were going to scrape your knee, hurt yourself, all the ways that it was going to go bad. Remember? But there was someone right there with you, holding on to you, guiding you, leading you, pushing you a little bit. 
And what do they keep saying? Keep pedaling. Keep pedaling. And that was the dumbest advice you had ever heard in your entire life, right? Because that, mean, that means if I was pedaling, I didn't have my feet to catch me when I fell, you know? And remember having your feet off to the side and you had it there and you could only last as long as the person pushed you. But at some point, you had to move your feet. And the moving your feet in the Sermon on the Mount is trusting Jesus when you really don't know how this is going to work. But then balance kicks in. You were created to follow God. You were created to know his plans. And when you move your feet in faith, you start building what's called momentum. And this momentum is incredible. In fact, can I turn to you and tell you, nobody can feel it but you. Oh, this is really good. Your dad can't feel the momentum you feel. Your friends can't feel the momentum you feel. You can tell them about it. You can try to explain it to them. But only you, when you move your feet and you build momentum, can find the balance. And only you know what's happening that nobody else can. And in the spiritual world, if we were to take the bicycle illustration, when you start moving your feet in the Sermon on the Mount and seeing that Jesus is here the whole time, you start gaining momentum and you start realizing this is weird, but this is right, and it will change your life forever. So what are we going to do in the next four weeks? I've already put together the four titles of the next four weeks. These four titles is how we're gonna break down the Sermon on the Mount, okay? And so I'd like to introduce you to next week's message. Next week's message is so cool, I just went ahead and made it the whole subtitle of the Weird series. It's called The Upside Down Kingdom. There you go, let me, ta-da! The Upside Down Kingdom. Because everything about Jesus' kingdom is completely upside down in the way the world works. You're going to find the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus addresses when you're really blessed. Now, we're all Americans in the room. We love the word blessed. We absolutely love the idea of being blessed. Because blessed means more. Blessed means prosperous. But if you look at the kingdom, Jesus says, you know you're blessed when you have to give it away. When, when the world says, hey, 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 let's keep a grudge. Let's get revenge. Jesus goes, mm, let's forgive them. And to the world, it's completely weird. But it's an upside down kingdom. The world will say, stay where you're at. And Jesus will say, hey, come follow me. A minute ago, Pastor Jeff nailed it, nailed it when he said, hey, when you go to war, you put on your boots, don't you? But in the kingdom of God, you take them off and you go to your knees. And the upside down kingdom looks completely different to normal people. In fact, can I turn to you and tell you that there is again a bunch of normal people, normal Christians and normal Christians who try to take the world's way in the name of Jesus, and it doesn't work like that. In fact, Jesus addresses it and says, hey, a lot of people are normal Christians, but it's not getting you closer to me. 
Let's get weird. Did you ever stop and pause and think? I'm asking you to do it completely different than the world's way. And the first thing Jesus says, my kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. And we're going to talk about that next week. The second week, it's kind of one of my favorite ones. We're going to change the stage up here. And Jesus addresses the law. And he talks about how the law he came to fulfill. But he does it in a really weird way. And this is the part of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus turns and says, Hey, um, I want you to do it like this. And, and hey, uh, do it like this. And hey, if someone walks up to you and slaps you on the cheek, I want you to offer him the other cheek, which is really weird. It's not how you were raised, when how you were taught. Normal people would never offer the other cheek. And Jesus goes, oh, okay, well, I got another one for you then. If someone sues you for your coat, then give them your coat. And then take your shirt off and give them your shirt too. In which I know there's a lot of people in the room right now going, so we won't be here in two weeks. And we're going to call this sermon series, this, this next one, What If Jesus Was Serious? Because there's a lot of people who read what Jesus say, and they're like, amen, that's good. Oh, that's so good. Yes, yes. And then they call me, and they go, was Jesus really serious? Was Jesus? He was joking, right? I heard, I went to a youth camp one time. Yeah, this is funny, all my pastor stories. Went to a youth camp one time, and this young preacher was up there preaching his heart out. And he was talking about fighting for Jesus and being a soul winner for Jesus, being a man for Jesus. And he walked up and he goes, hey, listen, I was raised that you're supposed to turn the other cheek. And the whole church goes, amen. And he goes, but the Bible doesn't say what you do after you turn the first cheek. And the whole church went, amen. And I still don't know what he was, where he was getting this stuff from. I, I don't know. It's like, hey, punch me once, punch me twice. You're not going to punch me twice. Listen, this isn't supposed to be easy to swallow. But it is something we've got to stop and pause and think, what the heck was Jesus talking about? Because it's weird. But this is where Jesus' manifesto is. And what if Jesus was serious he says if you have a problem with lust pluck your eye out if you have a problem with hitting people cut your hand off it's gonna get good <laughs> yeah the third week jesus addresses where's your treasure and he calls it this a crazy weird investment strategy in which we're all in the room normal when it comes to our worrying it is so normal in today's day and age to worry it is so normal for christians to worry it is so normal for us to worry and worry and worry and jesus turns and says okay i'm gonna i'm gonna teach you what would cause you to never worry again trust me and give everything away if money causes you to worry, well, let's just get rid of money and you just live every day trusting me. That'll change your attitude right there, won't it? 
And Jesus turns and says, how are you ever going to follow me and trust me and really know that I am the God who has your back if you constantly let the things of this world put worry in your heart and quit being a normal Christian and it's time to be a world Christian, a, war, a weird Christian. And Jesus brings up some great points. One point he brings up is, have you ever seen a sparrow? Did I not provide for him? Did you ever see the lilies of the field? They're gorgeous. Do you not think I can put clothes on your back too? He said, if I can do those things for a flower and a bird, how much more do you think I love you? But you'll never know if you worry about these kind of things. And Jesus turns and makes us think about the eternal investment. What are you investing in that goes beyond your life? Because we save and we put back and we worry about what we've got on this earth. But do you realize that your life is only about that long? And eternity and what you've invested in the kingdom of God, in your life, your time, your energy. It's so weird to think this way. But there'll be a day you look back and go, that's where Jesus was the whole time. So it's the upside-down kingdom. It's, it's what if Jesus was serious? The next one was, a, it's a crazy, weird investment strategy. But the last one, and this is so important in where we're at today, Jesus says that my path is narrow. He says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way through the Father, to the Father is through me. And it is an intense conversation that he turns to people and says, Listen, you're going to hear your whole life there's many paths to heaven, and I'm the only way. And it's important for us to talk about. Because how in the world in today's day and age do we get away from the politically correct message and we step into the narrow message? This path is not taken by everybody. It's not. Listen. The reason why I think this is so important is because if you're here today and you look at the world, let's take a look at the world, okay? Over the entire world, how many different ways do you think there are out there to follow Jesus? I mean, think about it real quick. As a pastor, I have to think about this. There's an orthodox way. There's a, there's, there's a, a cowboy church way. There, there's, a, there, there's a this way and a that way. There, there, gosh, I... I, I Found on online the other day, a surfer church. They actually meet on the beach in California. They have church on the beach. And you have all of this, a conservative way. There's a liberal way. There's all these different ways that people are serving Jesus. And so the question that comes up, and maybe you've asked this at some point. How do you know which one's doing it right? How do you know who's doing it right? And the Sermon on the Mount is our core. And it's Jesus' way of saying, when you see people doing it like this, they may do cowboy church or surfer church or orthodox or, or, or a little bit more liberal than everybody else. They may do it like, but if you see them doing it like this, they're following me. And what's going to happen is you're going to start seeing that not everybody's following Jesus. Yeah. 
okay? But it doesn't take away from the fact that we get the choice of whether we're going to or not. So, what if? What if this message does a few things? And I'm wrapping this up and the worship team's coming up. But what if a few things happen during this message, okay? Well, what if, what if you spent, how are we doing? What if, boom, what if you spent your life thinking Jesus was blank to only realize that he wasn't? What if you spent your whole life thinking, Jesus is good with my stuff. I mean, he's cool. We got this thing worked out. I'm doing my thing, but I'm, I accepted Christ as my Savior. I asked him to forgive me of my sins. And, 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 and there's no doubt I'm going to heaven. But as far as following him, you know, I kind of make my own rules. You know, there's not a lot of business strategies in the Bible. There's not a lot of, you know, you know single advice. Like, you know, I'm a single guy. I'm a single girl. I, I don't, I, I, there's not a lot of single advice in the Bible. There's not a lot of college advice. Not a lot of high school advice. Not a lot of advice in this area, so I just kind of wing it. I just kind of do it my way. And what if you realize during this series that you spent your entire life thinking Jesus was cool with the way you were doing it, and then you realize he wasn't? For all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single men, If you are going to have a successful single life in Christ Jesus, you are going to look weird to the worldly people. To all the college kids, there is a path that leads to life. And there is a path that leads to destruction. And many are going down that path. And this is a moment to stop and pause and just hear what Jesus says. That's what I promise you. I'm not going to add to it. I'm not going to take away. I'm just going to simply read it, and we're going to study it together, and you will be able to make your decision at the end of it. Am I following following Jesus? And for a lot of us, and how do I know? Because I once did the very same thing. I realized that normal was ruining me. And when it popped out of Scripture and I saw for myself why, because it, and the way that I was living a normal Christian life was only leaving, leading to destruction. I was a Jesus person, but I wasn't a Jesus follower. And I had to repent. And you may look at that and go, man, that's heavy. How do you get away with that? You just simply stop and you say, Father, I messed it up. Jesus, show me what it means to follow you. And I promise he will. The next thing of a what if. What if you realize that you're normal? What if, what if all these years... It just never dawned on you that normal isn't where Jesus is. It's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. The bad thing would be if you stayed normal. And that's what Jesus is saying. Come on. Come follow me. 
This is how you win your dad to Jesus. Come on. Come follow me. This is how you show your friends that I am real. Come on. Come follow me. This is how your life gets life. And when we begin to follow him, we begin to find that it's time to get weird. So let me close with a story. The weirdest time of my life was right after high school. I was going to West Texas State University, and in my dorm room on the fourth floor, I buried my head in my pillow, and I had been a church-going kid my whole life. But sometime in my college experience, I realized that life was not coming out of my life. And it was because I wasn't following Jesus. And I buried my head in my pillow on the fourth floor of Jones Hall at West Texas State University. And I just simply asked, Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you show me what it means to follow you? Would you make me the man you want me to be? I'm not afraid. I'm re- I, I, I just want to follow you. And on that day, something started. In the next several weeks, some weird things happened. I was taking two different classes at WT, ag economics and elementary education. I guess I was going to teach kids how to milk cows. I don't know. I don't know how I was going to make this work, but I was taking two types of classes, elementary education and ag economics, and I wasn't good at either one of them, okay? And the Lord just put on my heart, this this is great. I opened the door for you to come to this school but it's not where I want you. And the Lord began to speak to me to go to Phoenix. And y'all know the whole Phoenix story. But I had to call my dad. That was one of the hardest conversations I ever had in my life because my dad was so generous and kind and he wanted me to be successful. He didn't go to college. And he was so proud of me for going to college. But now I was going to call him and say, Dad, I feel like God wants me to quit college. But he wants me to go to school in Phoenix. And my dad wasn't exactly following Jesus at the time. So I prayed. And to my dad, this was the weirdest decision any 18-year-old could make. Why can't you be normal? Why can't you just do school, graduate, let's get out of it, I'll pay for it. But there was something in me. Now I know the words. Back then I didn't know how to describe it. God was asking me to follow him and it was going to be weird. But I didn't want to be normal anymore and do it my way or the world's way. This plan was a good plan for somebody, but it wasn't for me. That was one of the weirdest decisions, but my dad will turn to you today and say, that was one of the greatest decisions that showed him the realness of Jesus. And my dad will turn to you and say, through that decision, Heather came along. Through that decision, Cowboy Junction Church took place. Through getting weird, I can look back, and my dad has said this, the greatest blessings that has happened in your life was you, Ty, being willing to walk away from normal and to follow Jesus even if it looked weird. So Cowboy Junction Church, next week, 
we're going to dive into the Sermon on the Mount. And I'd like for you to bring your notepads. Go home and read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If you don't get it, that's okay. Reread it again. Let the Holy Spirit take you on a journey of what it looks like to follow Jesus. And let's get weird. Stand to our feet. Father, we love you. We thank you for today. And everything that you want to do and everything that you are doing, Jesus, we come to you and I pray that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. Jesus, I pray between now and next week, your word would come alive in us. Lead us. Guide us. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing this song. I just want you to just worship the Lord. Jeff's coming to come up. And gentlemen, we are going on a men's retreat. And last, a couple days ago, we got some incredible news about our men's retreat. And Jeff's going to tell you more about it. I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you forget it. Let's worship. Let's sing this song. Come on. Let's honor God with this last worship song.